You're listening to the Theology of Music podcast. Follow on YouTube and Instagram, support through buymeacoffee.com, and subscribe to the only podcast that unpacks the good and sometimes bad theology in the songs that we sing. Welcome again to the Theology of Music podcast. My name is Joel Archeri. And if this is your first time here in this podcast, I am doing the craziest of accents right now. I don't even know what I'm doing. I am not foreign to the States. <laughs> we have to remember that when we are, uh, you know, wherever we are, you know, it's other. We're foreign to other people, so let's remember that. We ain't just in the Americas of the world, okay? Other people live other places. Uh, and today's podcast has already started off with a bang, a wonderful start. But today's episode will be going live. Technically, this will be Black Friday when you hear this, or Thanksgiving, depending on when you listen to it. But this, I wanted to make this episode more of a thanksgiving holidays episode but still around a song and, and so that's why we the title says blessed be your name right uh and, and thankfulness and evangelizing during the holidays uh and so that's kind of how the song the song this podcast will go is in that order but um I, I just want to say thank you uh so i say this a lot i say thank you to people who support but specifically i want to i want to thank everyone who has financially supported this podcast i mean we have seen a huge jump uh, we have monthly members now that are supporting at least five monthly members. Thank you so much. This podcast now is is paid for. It pays for itself. So my wife is very thankful. Uh, and the more that you give, the more that I can give back. And so, uh, I mean, obviously it helps too, just because, you know, like we've got kids, so it also pays for diapers. So if you want to help pay for diapers, monthly subscriptions over the monthly membership over one-time donations is fine. Um, I, I guarantee I won't be trying to buy an Xbox with it, even though I'd love to get an Xbox Series X. Um, except they're not cheap, so I don't have the money to get that, and they're impossible to find. Uh, unless you're looking at Target, I think they do restocks like randomly, but they don't tell you online. So if you're looking, if you care about <laughs> that thing, I'm a gamer, so I care. But anyway, I thank you guys so much. Thank you so much for all of you who have given uh, one-time donations, who have, who have shared the podcast who have signed up to be monthly members. Um, I appreciate if you guys would consider, that'd be wonderful, consider supporting the podcast through a monthly membership. Uh, there's five, $10, $25 a month subscriptions. Uh, it's it's little as buying a coffee. That's why it's called buy me a coffee, right? So, you know, whatever you would not get as a result and just do, that would be really appreciative. Uh, I'd be really appreciative of that. But you don't have to. I mean, any even just sharing the podcast with your friends when you think of it, sharing it on your social media platforms, uh, and just listening has been really been a, a huge blessing to me. I, I had this um, interaction while I was, uh, I, I guess you could call it networking when I'm asking people or talking about my podcast with people to see if they would like to be on the podcast. And I was talking, uh, I commented on someone's YouTube video. And someone commented on my comment and said, are you Joel from the Theology Music Podcast? Love that podcast. Thank you so much. Keep up the good work. And I was like, I don't know these people. I don't know this person. And that's been so cool. Like even one of our, our monthly members, I, I never met before. You know who you are. Thank you, sir. You know. I'm really, I'm really thankful for you. You know, Mr. Man from Texas. Um, 
But you guys will be getting gifts, obviously. But uh, just thank you. So if you would like a gift, you could sign up for a monthly membership or a one-time donation. But monthly membership would be great. Anyway, so that I, you know, that I wanted to thank you though because I, I, it's kind of in line with obviously this podcast episode. Uh, but what's interesting and what I the the topic I want to talk about out of that is how I want to talk about the idea that thankfulness comes from loss. Um. In, 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 in specifically that greater thankfulness comes from loss. Uh, and so at first, let's talk about the song Blessed Be Your Name, and then we'll unpack that later. So Blessed Be Your Name is an oldie, but it's actually a really good song. I mean, honestly, when I was leading worship, this one was, was it was like, it felt like a throwaway at times because it's just, you know, this, this cliche early 2000s fast song, right? You know, blessed be your name, and that is plentiful. Give and take away. Don't, don't you give in. Yep, you know. Blessed be the name of the... Anyway, so you did that, and you could do like the U2 uh, delay, dotted eighth delay, and make it fun. But this one was a, it was, it came out actually, which was really interesting. It came out in the early 2000s. And Matt Redman and uh, Beth Redman wrote it. And what, what was interesting though was it didn't get popular from Matt because he didn't really release it um, as like a single or anything like that. It, it actually first appeared on his 2002 album. Um, and it was covered a year later by Tree 63, which which was a South African Christian band. It's just so funny. Uh, and that name. And it actually peaked at number two on the Billboard Christian Songs chart. And then in 2005, it won the Dove Award for Worship Song of the Year. Um, and, and so it then it got popular later because Matt Redman then put in a compilation. And once it was popularized by Tree 63... Matt Redman made, you know, like, Blessed Be Your Name, the songs of Matt Redman, right? Like, and that was his album. And so it became his song. And uh, I think he, that was his song, and uh, Here I Am to Worship were, like, his biggest hits. And so you saw this, the song kind of rise to prominence. But the interesting thing, though, is it, it stemmed from a really interesting um, idea. And it was, or the idea for it was, was, was stemmed from 9-11. And you might not know that. So 9-11 was the impetus for this song. Matt Redman wrote it with his wife uh, in response to the tragedy of 9-11. And, and it was, he wanted to reflect if, um, a, a response to the suffering that we all see through scripture and, you know, from Job specifically, right? But the song, this, this worship song was written in response to a, a a tragedy, right? This worship song was written in response to a a tragedy, uh, uh, one of the greatest tragedies of the modern generation, right? 9-11, this was written in response to that. And I, the, what I think is so cool is, is when writers do that, when writers write songs in response to things that happen for the church, and you might think, well, that might date it or might make it stuck contextually in that time. But the cool thing about the song was it was so pertinent because it was taken from scripture, from Job, but was also currently pertinent. So it, it it's, it's, I guess you could say eternally pertinent or, or, you know, it's longevity is, it will always, well, it's not longevity. It's, it will always be pertinent 
because of its scriptural basis. And it is currently pertinent during that time of 9-11, right? That's what I was trying to say. Words are hard for me to say. I don't know why I went into an accent when I did that. I'm no offense to anyone who sounds like this when they talk. I don't think you're stupid. I'm just stupid. And when I am stupid, I go into this voice because I have dissociative identity disorder and I have multiple personalities. Anyway, uh, so 9-11 happened and that's, there's where this song comes from. So and when you look at the scriptural pertinence, right, the scriptural reference, it's it's specifically Job 121, where Job's wife is is basically saying, after everything that's happened, right, he she says, just curse God and die. And, and he's he's he looks at her and he says, Shall I only take the good and not the bad? Right? You know, he says, the, the Lord gives and it takes away. I'm still going to say, blessed be the name of the Lord. He says, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked shall I return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And and it's so cool because you would you would think, right? <clears throat> you would think that we would uh, find this song easy to sing. But more often than not, we're more concerned with the plenty of our lives it, rather than 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 God, right? We we look at the good that we have, uh, and we don't choose. Our heart doesn't choose to say, "Blessed be the Lord's name." Our heart chooses to say, "Well, like like I'm going to focus on myself." Whether it's self pity, which is just basically pride, or we worship ourselves, or the hope of escape, or even like the life we had before suffering began, right? So I could worship if you guys know the story of my life, right? And I could worship the time that I had before all everything that happened this past year, right? You know, it's easy because social media, right? I can go onto social media and see pictures of, of my the reality of my life before everything that happened this past year. But that's not what thankfulness does. Thankfulness doesn't look back with nostalgic rose-colored glasses and says, oh, that was so much better. I wish that was the case. Thankfulness looks at current circumstance and says, God is still good, right? That's First Thessalonians, right? We, we are to give thanks in all circumstances because not because it's God, whatever's happening right now is uh, uh, God's will. Like he, he wants us to suffer this, right? It's what I'm trying to say is if it's, if we're suffering, everything passes through the hands of the Lord. So I'm not saying God, there are things that happen outside of God's will. But what I'm saying is, it's not as if God is this vindictive man who's like, yes, I love that you're suffering. Now, try to give thanks. See if that works. Oh, it's it's hard, isn't it? Mm, too bad, right? No, God wants us. The will of the Lord in Christ for us, as First Thessalonians says, is to give thanks in all circumstances. Because what we're doing in that is we're showing the sovereignty of the Lord and we're showing our dependence on him at, to be true, right? And so, to me, this song is a will will always be pertinent. And I think you could still do this song and not make it hokey. There's a lot of ways you could do this song and not make it hokey, right? And, and so I would recommend. I mean, obviously, I think people should still do this song. I think it's really good, and you don't have to do it around Thanksgiving. But I I believe it is a really good song to sing, right? So the first verse. Let's kind of look through some of the lyrics. But the first verse talks about blessed be the name of the Lord in the land that is plentiful, where streams of abundance flow. And then it, every every verse has like a blessed be your name, and then blessed be your name with two lines in between. So you you have him you say in the land that's plentiful where your streams of abundance flow right and then the next line uh next verse blessed be your name when i'm found in the desert place though i walk through the wilderness blessed be your name and then pre-chorus is always every blessing you pour out i'll turn back to praise when the darkness closes in lord still i will say and the chorus is blessed be the name of the lord blessed be your name blessed be the name of the lord blessed be your glorious name or glory 
fabulous name. And then we go to the third verse. Blessed be your name when the sun's shining down on me, when the world's all as it should be. Blessed be your name. Fourth verse. Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering, though there's pain in the offering. Blessed be in the name. And then the bridge. You give and take away, you give and take away. My heart will choose to say, blessed be your name. Super simple, right? So I have a tattoo on my arm that um, I didn't know it was like a super cliche tattoo. Thankfully, it's not designed in the cliche way that it's designed it's this like a uh it's uh god's greater than the hills and valleys so it's like a a g with a greater symbol and then uh uh like an a without the line through and then like a v kind of thing right uh mine's filled in differently so it looks cool so <laughs> uh but the reason why i got the tattoo and i tell people is um i do not wrestle with praising god during the suffering um, because I know the truth and I believe it, that he's still good. I wrestle with praising God in the good. I wrestle with praising God when things are amazing and things are going well. I, I wrestle with dependency when the land is plentiful and the streams of his abundance are flowing, right? When the desert, when I'm found in the desert place and I'm walking through the wilderness, I, I know I've, I've got God. He's on my side. I don't need to wrestle. I, I know he's here. Oh, uh, you're pouring out blessings on me. Um, I guess I should turn it back to praise. When the darkness is closing in, Lord, I'm still going to say it. Blessed be your name, Jesus. Amen. The sun is shining down on me and the world's all as it should be. Yeah. Um, oh, that's right. I am a Christian, <laughs> right? Like that's, that's my wrestle. And your wrestle could be very different, right? Your wrestle could be when, when things are so hard, you lose faith and you lose you lose your determination and dependency. You doubt. And that's fine. I mean, that's real. That's the reality of life, right? I talk to many pastors. I've talked to many friends who who go through these hard times and they they lose their way in senses. And and I, I talk about my circumstance and people say, How have you like how have you not lost your way at all? How have you like not hated the church? All that kind of stuff. Because this part of it isn't hard for me. Looking at the Lord when things are tough is not hard for me. Looking at and for the Lord when things are good is extremely difficult for me because I'm like, well, I don't need Jesus. I have everything else I need. And I, it's, it's this incredibly despicable and deplorable way to look at the Lord, right? It's not just, this shouldn't be a smack on the wrist, Joel, how dare you? You need to stop being like that. This is, it's serious because in the end, what does it say about how I feel about the Lord? It, it says that he really, he's only good when I need him. And he's, he's I, I don't need him when things are good, right? And that's not how I'm supposed to live my life. I'm not supposed to live my life in the sense of I, when things are tough, okay, God, I know you're good and I need you to come through and I know you will, right? This, this weird relationship with my faith, right? Where I have, my faith is stronger when things are bad and weaker when things are good. That shouldn't be the case, right? In fact, we should be pouring out praise in both circumstances. But I think as an American culture, right, we wrestle with pouring out praise when things are good because we are building ourselves around ourselves, right? That is the American culture. The American culture is built around me, right? That's why a lot of worship songs are like that. And that's why even when we critique worship songs and we critique worship movements in the church and we critique individualism and emotionalism and heresy and hypocrisy and all this kind of crap, right? We do that, but we're still doing that from the perspective of us. 
and forgetting that we are just as bad. We like I last week when I talked about the celebrity pastor culture, right? Or two weeks ago when I talked about it, right? What happens is we view a pastor as less sinful than a grocery store clerk because he's a pastor. Like I just read that this this pastor from back in Virginia stepped down because he was soliciting minors through chat rooms. And you might be like, oh my gosh, I'm not surprised by those things anymore. You want to know why? Because he's just as sinful as I am, and I'm out of ministry, and I'm just as sinful as a missionary in Ghana, right? Like, we are no less sinful and needing grace. And that's the difference in our culture in America, is we believe from our base belief, we're basically fine. Now, we believe in some degree that we're not good because we know that we need Jesus. We wouldn't be Christians if we didn't think that. But there's this weird, like, oil and water view, right? There's this, this, this layer on top of the water of the oil that, that, of us going, but I'm not that bad. And because I'm not that bad, it seeps into everything we do. And it seeps into how we look about the good. Well, of course things are going good. I'm not that bad, right? Of course things are going great. And what that does is it it completely takes the legs out of our thankfulness. And that's, I mean, this is this song is a song of thankfulness. It's an amazing song of thankfulness that talks about what our goal should be, which is to give back to the glorious, amazing God who has blessed us in every season. In every season, God's blessed us. And in every season, we should bless him. No matter what, in every season, God has blessed you. And in every season, you should be blessing the Lord and praising him. No matter what, good and bad, you should be. Because that is thankfulness. Thankfulness is enduring through every season. And so thankfulness, like I said, doesn't really come though. I think a greater thankfulness comes from loss because in our culture, I believe us as Americans, we need to lose things. And that's why we don't like to sacrifice tithing. We don't like to sacrifice our time. We don't like to give up of certain things. We don't, we don't like that. We don't like the idea of, of losing things because that's literally the word we would use. Rather than saying giving and sacrifice and submitting to the will of the Lord and being generous, right? We believe we are losing something. And that denotes that we believe we own anything, right? Words matter. And the words that we use typically will give us a line back to where our heart really is. And so when you say, I don't want to really lose that, I don't like losing this, you believe that you own it and you believe that you're entitled to it. I'm going to tell you right now, we're entitled to nothing, nothing. We literally deserve hell. We deserve the worst we could ever have. And yet, in Christ, God saved us through his son. He said, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. You, you are so wretched. You, you're so dead in your sin. You can't do anything. You can't save yourself. I'm going to save you. And there's this beautiful joy that happens when, it, when someone comes to the faith, right? Think back. Think back to when you came to the Lord or think back to the last time you interacted with someone who came to the Lord. How thankful were they? How happy were they? You want to know why? Because they realized they were literally going nowhere fast. And in fact, the only place they were heading to was hell. They were doomed. And yet, 
God saved them. Loss. True thankfulness. You had loss. And because you see that you had loss in the light of the grace of God, you go, oh, hold on. I have so much now. Man, when I look at my life in the perspective of him, of Jesus, of God, I see plenty. I see abundance. I see immeasurable wealth. Not financially, not physically, but wealth in him. Like happiness, true joy. That's immeasurable wealth. True joy, true and lasting joy is true immeasurable wealth. And we have that in him, but we don't have that when we compare ourselves, when we think we're better than others, when we think we're, we're fine and we don't need the Lord, but we say we do, right? We keep lying to ourselves. Then we're not going to be thankful. And then let's stem that to evangelizing to the holidays. Here's the connector, right? If you're not thankful, you're going to be a terrible evangelizer during the holidays. You're just going to be the absolute worst. You want to know why? Because you're going to be so consumed with consumerism. Look, I get it. I want an Xbox Series X, okay? I want it. I, I pray for it every... I'm kidding. I don't pray for it every night. But I would like things. I like things. And this is a wrestle of mine. I like things. Sometimes too much. And God needs to humble me of it, right? And it's good that God does that. But what we love to do is around the Christmas time, we start to be like, okay, maybe now I need to put on my evangelism clothes. Like, you know, it's like we're putting on our outside decorations. It's like what you do with a house, right? This is, this is what Christians do on the holidays. We do what we do to our houses, to ourselves. We put the lights on the house. We put our decorations. We put the nativity scenes so people know, oh, they're Christians. And that way, when people see us, they're like, oh, they must be Jesus lovers. Because look at them. Obviously, they like Christmas. Look at the lights on their house. Look at the decorations. Obviously, they're Christians. They're so cheerful. They're so kind. Everyone's cheerful and kind during Christmas. You're no different if you do that just during this time, okay? The difference will be where your thankfulness comes from and how much it permeates your everyday interactions with others. If you are truly thankful, evangelism during the holidays will look like this. You're interacting with someone in the store, doing this kind of stuff. You take genuine interest in their life. And your interest is around what you have in Jesus. So you say, talk to this person. Yeah, man. You know, hey, what do you do for a living? Oh, you know, I'm just blah, blah, blah. I'm a single mom. Stuff like this. Like, wow. Man, I, I'm so thankful that your kids have you. That's awesome. That's so wonderful that your kids have you. That's so great. And I'm so sorry that this is the reality of your life, but I'm so thankful that they at least have your mom, that they have you. Thank you for loving them. And then we, she's going to be like, well, what do you, what? You don't know how I'm loving. Like, no. And then, then maybe someone asks you like, well, you know, what are you thankful for? That's the thing. Ask people what they're thankful for. That's how you evangelize during the holidays. Get genuine interest in the people. And then let them reciprocate it if they want. You don't have to go around and be like, do you know who Jesus is? Do you know that he's the reason for the season? Did you know that you shouldn't change the cups? The cups? You shouldn't change the cups! The cups! Let's not be those Christians, okay? Let's be the Christian that says, hey, what are you, what are you thankful for? And during Christmas, hey, what, do you, what gives you hope? You know? Hey, and then they say, what it gives you hope? Gives me hope is that I'm saved in Jesus and that 
what I'm what I'm doing here when things are tough means something. There's nights where I'm sleeping on the floor in my kids' room because they share a room and one of them won't go to sleep unless I'm in there. I'm thankful because I know those moments will add up. Not to make me better, but because I'm doing it for God's glory. I'm thankful. So your evangelism during this holiday season will be directly affected by your thankfulness. How thankful are you? Your attitude will show. Thankfulness always changes the attitude. Have you seen someone who's really thankful? See those videos of people that have nothing and they get money or something like that and they're just, they're blown away. They're so thankful. There's, there's cheer, real cheer and joy because they didn't have anything. They had loss and then they were blessed. So my hope to you, listener, is that God does not have to take anything away this Christmas or holiday season for you to be thankful. That's my hope. My hope is that you can be thankful, truly thankful, and express that in a way this season that shows people that you are in Christ. But and that God doesn't have to take things away. Because here's here's the reality of Christmas time and the holidays. They are incredibly difficult for some people because they have loss and they don't have hope. I mean, think think about that. Think about all the good you have going on. There are people who look on towards the oncoming holidays and they hear the Christmas songs playing on the radio and it doesn't bring them hope and cheer and goodwill towards man. It brings them sorrow and despair and awkwardness. You know, because because remember, I talked about this a long time ago, a long time ago. We we love, and this is part of the, what we're talking about today. We love to look at our, our 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 friends and our relationships from our perspective, from me. So someone lost their spouse, and Christmas is going to be really weird for them this year. I don't want to invite them though, because it might be like a Debbie Downer. I don't know. I don't. I don't want that kind of mood in my home during Christmas and Thanksgiving. Wow. <laughs> If that is really you, if you're listening to this podcast, go ahead and just smack yourself in the face. (laughs) This might sound harsh, but smack yourself in the daggone face. You deserve it. We should never be so arrogant to look upon someone else's grief from our perspective. And then when we have a moment to be kind to them and to give to them, say, but it might inconvenience me. Mm. See, when you say it out loud, It's not fun. Yet the Lord brought the greatest of inconvenience upon himself, but he was happy to die in our place. Right? Ephesians says it was his good, by his good intention, his kind intention, it was his good pleasure to do that for us. And yet, you can't muster up an ounce of kind intention during the holidays towards someone. We, we should not be that. Listener, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, you're listening to this podcast episode, that should not be said of you. 
here's how our culture changes. You want to look at all this stuff going on with the media and and the divided culture and tribalism in the church and outside the church and all these issues that are going on and this church is singing heresy and this church is preaching heresy and this this left is this and the right is this. Uh, how about you look upon other people and and desire to be inconvenienced because you love them and you're thankful that you are were the recipient of the greatest exchange ever your crap your sinfulness for God's perfection in Christ God gave you perfection through Jesus' blood on the cross he saved you by no merit of your own and now you stand redeemed so the least you can do is an ex- is extend an invitation to the widow or widower or awkward single person on Thanksgiving and Christmas it's the least you could do for those people. The least you could do is invite your neighbors over for something. The least you could do is just even ask your neighbor, what are you hopeful? What makes you hopeful? What, what are you thankful for this time? I'm thankful for you, you could say to them. I'm thankful that I live in this neighborhood with, with you, right? These are things that we have to do. And if we as Christians want to sit here on our pedestals and talk bad about the world around us, that's already broken. It's, we're not going to make it any more less broken because we're showing that it's broken it's broken people are broken scripture is very clear broken people are broken they don't know they're broken the difference is you see you're broken when you see the whole and that's only when you see jesus so let's be christians this time of year that evangelize through letting ourselves be inconvenienced because at the end of the day god gives and he takes away and my hope is that god doesn't have to take away from you for you to really see the reality that's going on around you, that you and your life are not your own. So how dare you hoard it? You have such good gifts to give to people. Give them. You have such good grace and love only found in Jesus. You only have that because he saved you. Give that to the people around you. Do not hide that. Do not hoard it to your family or your immediate family or your your very close friends that you love and you love to hang out with and you always get along. Don't, Don't do that this time of year. Be different this time of year because he gives and he takes away. So anyway, I hope that this is... I went on a little bit of a rant at the end, but I hope that this podcast has encouraged you. I hope that you've enjoyed listening. Uh, thanks again. Seriously, thank you so much. If you would, really, if, you, if you're listening to this and you can give five bucks a month, 10 bucks a month, that'd be awesome. Please consider supporting the, the podcast. Buymeacoffee.com slash Theology Music. Sign up right now. It's super easy, really easy to do. Just go to that link. As always, it's always on our, uh, it's on our Instagram. It's on um, our YouTube page. You can find us on YouTube, Theology of Music. You can email me, theologyandmusic at gmail.com. But thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you have a wonderful or had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And I hope you have a wonderful Lord's Day as you worship together corporately. But with that, thank you guys again and have a good one. See ya.